This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hi, I'm Janelle. I'm a chronic dreamer. Celsius keeps me alive. And $16 running socks are always worth it. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm currently re-watching all the Disney classics. I love music, but I'm terrible at remembering the names of artists. And I get really stressed out doing these facts. Hey, I'm Jack. I'm a native Dallasite. I'm a lover of plants, meaning I've got many terrains. And I was on a country and western dance team back in the day. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. There comes the charm. I just love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) that means i have many terrariums (laughs) i forgot about the country western dance team too that's so funny i know it's pretty random (laughs) do you do you have videos because there are videos there i could find the video on youtube there's like some uh some mom back in the day put together like a uh like a montage of us like dancing or something. <laughs> and I, I'm actually, I was kind of, kind of like I was I was pretty good at it, not to brag, but uh, <laughs> I was I was on there a lot. Like I pop up here and there. And I think I'm at the you, very end. Like, go ahead. <laughs> how are you? How are you good at country dance? What does that mean? Um. So it's like okay, the whole country and western dance team thing. So it was a big deal, like at our high school in the area. So I went to high school at Lake Highlands, which is North Dallas. Um, and it, like we back in the day, like they created this country and western dance team to mirror the Aggie Wranglers. And so what it is is you have a guy and a girl partner, and they're all dressed up in like western garb with a hat, and they do like choreographed um, western kind of swing dance. Uh, routine into like a any country song and, and you do a lot of like stunts in between so the best way to describe it it's kind of like a like a male cheerleader combined with a a, a, a dancer <laughs> which is kind of hilarious but it's a pretty big deal at my high school like we we've like performed at cowboy games like Mavs games we went to Washington DC sometimes they go to like Britain for it like they pretty much the majority of their performances are like around the area for like local like schools or like events, but sometimes they do like bigger things because it's just kind of a neat thing. So yeah, I had I had a girl partner and I would just like flip her up in the air and like do like spins and stuff. It's not a bad skill because you know, you retain some knowledge of swing dancing. So like come college time, like you're definitely one of the better people out there for like date events and stuff. So yeah, it was it was cool. That's so <laughs> awesome, dude. That is cool. I know it's it's pretty random and like when I, when people like I tell them like yeah like people kind of know me as like a big like uh, electronic electronic like dance music guy like that whole biz which is very opposite of the country west. So it's kind of <laughs> do you have diverse. this? Do you have the same partner every time? Um. So the majority of the time, like you will have like big big stuff you'll stick with your main partner but um it was kind of like a sign-up basis like you had to do a certain amount of performance each year um or not each year but like each week when when we were a part of it um so there'd be times where like your partner wouldn't be signed up that week or somebody else's was 
doesn't say you just like go dance with them on a certain choreographed dance um, versus like your partner not being there. So yes and no. <laughs> uh, but the majority of the time, the partner, like your your partner would be there. And I'm, I'm sure they're still doing it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a big deal at our high school. So yeah. <laughs> Super, it's so wild. I was on the dance team, but... Are we really? Okay, yeah, cool. but not but not the country and Western dance team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty random. <laughs> That's so fun. Janelle, were you? I also danced. Yeah, I thought you did. Yeah, I danced in the studio, and I, the woman who owned the studio kicked me out of my own senior dance piece because she thought I wasn't good enough. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez. It's cutthroat. <laughs> Savage. You weren't as good as no. Nelsy. No, no, I was not. I mean, I really wasn't that good, but <laughs> I tried. That's so funny. Does anyone else call you Nelsy? Yeah, a lot of my friends do. Oh, really? Is that where Which... Jackie got it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just, like, something you organically, like, kind of come upon you know yeah, you're just yeah. like oh that's like a i guess nelms is kind of a unique like weird name yeah. so you yeah. add a y to it and it sounds good so yeah that's <laughs> yeah. so funny i don't have a lot of I, like a lot of people make up new nicknames for me i have so many nicknames really yeah. i believe <laughs> so like that's funny that everybody naturally goes to nelmsy so what there's a like... top what are your top three nicknames rachel what oh my god lottie Okay, now, right now, currently, Lottie, for sure. Um, Lottie. Lottie, yeah. <laughs> Blots is, like, another one that a lot of people call me. Um, and then probably just Bilotti. Okay. Yeah. But I, in for a long time, people used to call me Roch. That was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rough one. <laughs> it was, it was wow. so just, like, rah. And it sounds like crotch, which that was the uh, an, an, an yeah. unadapted version of it. So that was not very fun. Oh, <laughs> that became crotchal. Oh, yeah. It was real fun. Oh, <laughs> they evolve. Yeah. They really do. Quickly. Oh, yeah. It quickly evolves. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, Janelle, how you doing over there? You're quiet. Have you had your Celsius yet? It's sitting on my desk right now, and I'm staring at it and deciding if I want to drink it or if I want to try to go back to bed after this. <laughs> it's so quiet here. I can't. I can't even get over it. Is it quiet by you? Um, thankfully, yeah. Yeah. So I actually live. The, so I just moved to like two weeks ago, and this house has been an ordeal to like get fixed up because it's almost a hundred years old. Um, so it's like, it's off of, it's like Lower Greenville, Belmont, but it, the street is, has a fire station on it. So sometimes it can be really loud. That's I think like, the, yeah, it's not a bad thing to have, <laughs> especially since we're in an old house. It's kind of like, like, are these outlets going to catch on fire anytime? You know, like, yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but, um, it's like, a the nice thing is since it is old, it's got like some weird wisdom or not mythical, like building materials in it to where it's like relatively insulated, meaning it like hella blocks like internet connection. Sometimes it's not, it's pretty early for like my roommates too. So yeah, I live with, I live with three other dudes. So hopefully they don't like wake up and start playing the guitar or something, (laughs) which 
mean, which that could be fun. Happens. <laughs> yeah, so you should invite them on. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, they're they're some cool dudes. I mean, that's why I part of me like moving in here is definitely to like aid in in my musical pursuits. Roommate upstairs up here is a creative guy himself, so it's a cool house. Did you see <clears> that? <throat> Did you say that the building has mythical materials? Yeah, so it's like you know, <laughs> how, like in the Tol- that. yeah, well, you know how like in the Tolkien like universe, uh, he goes by the like a uh, theme that anything older is like better durability and like higher quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of view this house that way. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I'm yeah, gonna start. You, I'm gonna steal that from you. Yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> it's got. It's, it was built, so I've, I've been in a lot of communication with the landlord, obviously, for trying to get things. And he's, like, always kind of, like, giving me, like, random facts about how the house is built and, like, what soil it's on and stuff. But uh, it was, it's, it, I think it was built in, like, 1928 or something like that. Um, and so it's got, it's built on, like, where they, like, stacked, like, uh, what are they called planks of wood and then plasters in between them and so if you're trying to drill in like uh like shelves it's like impossible to get the screw oh, past oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. or wish, it just destroys the screw <laughs> yeah i wish dylan was on he knows all about that kind of stuff he wants to like build houses and is really yeah oh my god he would know exactly what it is but i can't think of what it's called so the really important question here is is it haunted no, but it t- could totally be. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, uh, I mean, there's definitely some janky, like, holes and corners and stuff and, like, closets, and you're like, they're not, like, massive, but you're like, oh, my gosh, like, what is coming out of that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm mortified of cockroaches, and oh. one of my main closets has two of them, like, these two little holes in the baseboards, and I've already seen a cockroach come out of it, so... It's pretty scary. So if, that's how I view it haunted because, like, insects, like cockroaches, are horrifying. And it doesn't help that I have a bunch of plants in my room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their ideal environment, maybe. But yeah. I've, like, bombarded the entrances with, like, cockroach traps and stuff. So it hopefully. Was their room, it was their room first, Jack. You're just, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're the intruder. <laughs> I know. I literally saw, I literally saw one like the first night I moved in here and I was like, oh my God, is this place going to be like filled with them? But I haven't there's, seen one since. So. There's this stuff that you can get from Home Depot that's, I cannot think of the name of it right now, but I'll text it to you after this. But it's like okay. white crushed up mm-hmm. shells and you make like, I have that. What is it called? I don't know. It stops the bugs. They can't get over it because it cuts mm-hmm. them. But it's very, like, you don't want to touch oh, it yourself really? either. Yeah. Like, you oh. do not want to touch it. Oh, oh. oh God. <laughs> it sounds kind of talking, dangerous. We're <laughs> talking about different stuff because mine is pet friendly. Oh. But it, it was the same idea. It's the type of shell that bugs have. Yeah. And it rip, rip, rips up yeah. the exterior shell of yeah. bugs, but it's supposed to be safe for pets. Oh, so oh, maybe cool. there's safer versions now. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe my mom just told me that because I like to get she into everything. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's pet friendly, but not Rachel friendly. <laughs> Actually, you do need something like that. Because there is a cat that runs. My roommate's got a cat, and it's like a young cat, so it's kind of hyper. So it kind of runs around all my room and like eats my palm tree, you know? And oh so I probably need something like that because I don't want to just... get it in. 
you live wanna... in this other world, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I try to. I try to. <laughs> well, this is like, it's a good segue. I'm going to actually introduce you. And like, the more that I'm around you, the more I'm just like, God, you have just like so many layers to you. You're such an interesting person. And you constantly surprise me with like, <laughs> the different things that you're willing to just share about yourself and be into. And so, yeah. Um, so today we have Jack Nelms on. He and I work together at Lululemon. Um, and we started having the same shift every Monday morning where we were the two openers. And I just got curious about what he was up to. Um, he is an aspiring uh, producer slash artist his artist name is Injury, but he's still building that brand. So there might not be a ton of stuff out there for you to find yet. But I highly recommend that you keep him on your radar because he's so committed to his craft. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have him on today was just his approach to um, kind of stepping into the the person he wants to do and the work that he wants to do has been really inspiring to be around. And so we're excited to bring that conversation to this audience and Jack, aka Nelmsy, welcome to the Truth Collective. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> will you <laughs> just give us like a quick um, background in terms of how you got to where you are as a producer slash artist? Because I know you haven't necessarily taken the typical road, or maybe you did and then didn't, but kind of how'd you get mm-hmm. to this point? Cool. So I think the idea of me wanting to be an artist was honestly planted as a young age. Um, I could probably pinpoint it specifically to freshman year of high school, but a little more background than that. I come from a relatively kind of like musically talented family or attuned family. Um, Yeah, I think it's it's been in my blood. But for me personally, as a young age, I was just attracted to the energy of of music itself. Like I took my first steps to the Beatles. Um, I was I've never was never taught to play an instrument by by like nature, like guitar, or piano. So I, that's not my more musical my more my more musical route comes from kind of my mind. And I was always like, man, I would love to do that, but I'm not sure if that's you know necessarily. Like, like a route for me as I grew up. So went through high school, studied hard to get into the University of Texas. I got automatic acceptance. I went to the, the business school. And I guess when I breached and, you know, got into college, it was kind of the first time where it's, you have your parents kind of structure your life in a sense, at least for me, to kind of do a certain um, type of career where you're pursuing something safe and secure. Um, and so I studied finance and to be honest, it really wasn't something I would have chosen looking back, like uh, would have chosen on my own, but I knew that's where you could have a stout career and make a lot of money and be successful. Um, but throughout college, you know, living with various people and, you know, seeing how difficult college was and how, how monotonous certain subjects where I started to become more and more attracted to the idea of being a musician. Um, and so for my fraternity, I, I DJed a lot. I did parties. I got to open up for some really cool people like Louis Child, um, a rapper, Roscoe Jenkins. I don't know if you guys remember him. He like, Dude, opened up damn, me. what? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah it was I, a big deal. It was pretty fun. I had a good time back in the day. <laughs> well, I also had a lot of I also had a lot of good connections because I I was in a big Southern fraternity, and there's a certain amount of power that comes with being associated with an institution like that. Um, but yeah, I, I had some really neat opportunities. Like I, I got paid for it DJing, um, and so at that point in time, that was like a serious hobby of mine. Um, and then I I graduated and I got a job. In, in finance, I moved back to Dallas and started working. And that was in 2017. Um, and so when I first moved here, I was, I, I moved here and I was like, a lot of my good friends were still in college. They were doing fifth years because they were engineers or whatever. So they were still back at UT. A lot of them who did graduate moved to Houston or stayed in Austin. So to be honest, I was like pretty lonely and like, was working this hard job that I didn't really wasn't really super invested in, but I knew my fallback cause I was obsessed with music. Like I thought about it at this point, I still thought about it like every day, 24 seven and just like constantly listening to music. And since I had all this time on my hands and I had a lot of time to reflect cause I was a relatively lonely individual. I started to think more seriously about like music cause you know, it's a passion of mine. I started to, you know, refine my skills of my production software that I've had for years and was just kind of playing with the concept like, what if I were to take this hobby of mine and actually seriously, like, try to refine skills and work hard at it? Yeah, for the year and a half I was working my job, I wasn't going out a ton. I was more so on the weekends practicing, just kind of playing around with my studio software. And there was a point in time where you know, I started, I was like, wow, I could like really do this if I really put like adopted the lifestyle and really like put hard work into it because I have enough natural talent to put music to paper and, you know, make a, a song. It might not be great, but I was like, I, I'm a, I know I can obtain this goal. It's something that's not out of reach. Is it a long road? Possibly yes, but it's something that I am obsessed with. I think about it 24 seven. Um, and so, yeah, I was practicing. I was taking the hobby way more seriously. I say there was probably a specific turning point is when I, I went to ACL and I saw a band called justice. Um, and they just like, they had this crazy amount of energy. That's honestly, it's, it's, I've never seen such a crazy, um, performance where it flows and has this just unique energy that's not generic and what was the name of the the band again justice, justice. so they're a, the way i view them they're you know daft punk they're pretty oh, much shit yeah they're you pretty like much emo? well i love daft punk i love but do you I love mean, they're, they're OG, you know i i don't know a ton about emo i mean <laughs> what bands are you talking about specifically well Janelle and i have an ongoing running like not feud, but like rivalry, uh-huh. and I'm anti-emo, yeah. and she loves yeah. emo. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're not totally emo, so their style is like French electro. Um, a Ooh, lot of I their sounds are like that. very, they're cool. They're 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 OG too. So the, you know the song Genesis? It was like know. a big car commercial song. <laughs> okay, it was. I- like one of the original car commercial songs where you're like whoa that song's awesome that was like them that's kind of how they got bigger in my opinion but yeah they're kind of like the heir to daft punk but like lesser known cool 
but they're awesome. I mean, they're French electro. They had this power that was just like unmatched and they, they, all their set was like yellow and white light. It wasn't like anything other, like not, not a lot of other colors were going on, which I thought was really neat. Um, so they had a theme, uh, but yeah, they, when I saw them, I, I like my brain flipped, like I'm going to do this. And I quit my job December of 2018. Um, I just kind of like planned it out. Didn't have like a plan really other than to just kind of see how it goes and see if I could do it. Um, sure enough, I can. So that was good. That was reassuring. Whenever I'm like trying to assess like where if, if I'm like doing something right, I just kind of take a step back and I'm like ask myself like is, is this like in my life is like, like this is where is this where I'm supposed to be? And I uh, the past like year ever since the, the day I quit my job I could say yes. My thinking processes I I go with my gut a lot and I I, I am a pretty strategic analytical guy but I. Yes, I'm just fortunate enough to feel confident in myself to, you know, feel that way because I, I truly do. Like, I feel very pulled to the calling of trying to be an artist and, you know, succeeding in it. So, yeah. I, yeah. It's something that when – I think the thing that clicked for me the first time I talked is I think that I just assumed that you were, like, in this world. In order to be in the, that world, you had to be, like – up partying all night and all this stuff and so I was like oh you must be so tired right now on that the first shift that we were and you were like yeah but like and as we were talking it actually I don't remember if you remember this but you said something along the lines of actually this world that I've stepped into I don't party as much I am actually a lot more connected to something bigger than myself it's actually given me I'm using my words, but what I heard was I'm. Gi- it's giving me this gift of like almost spirituality is what it sounded like to me, um, mm-hmm. and like personal development and taking care of myself. And I was like, what? Like mm-hmm. that seems the antithesis yeah. of what the lifestyle <laughs> of this world would be. But even hearing you talk now, it's like for you music has given you a chance to connect to like the subtleties of life is what I call it like the things that are there that we kind of don't pay attention to and it's given you also a chance to feel what it feels like to know like oh my gut is actually telling me something different right now for me it's I feel it in my heart but um Mm -hmm. To have something that you care about so much can be a really cool way of being able to tell of being able to listen to yourself because you know pretty quickly or you know better than if you're doing something that doesn't really matter to you whether something's a hell yes or a fuck no you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean i think a lot of it's just throughout my upbringing i had a a lot of it was my community my social institution in college was the party college frat life but the guys I lived with, like, I only maybe lived with one or two Pledge Brothers junior year. Senior year, I didn't live with any Pledge Brothers. It was a, it was a conglomeration of very diverse guys from very different backgrounds. Some were athletic, some were religious, some were very hipster, artsy. Like, it, it was really neat. And thankfully, like, still to this day, the guys who I live with were also transparent with each other. 
and we're real with each other and we don't lie to ourselves and you know we're all true to our own nature and everybody owns to that and that's why we get along so well um so and so you, you can were you guys just naturally that way or was like like how did you realize that you were like how does that work tell me more I, you know <laughs> i think it was honestly just like a gift from god or just like a pure sheer chance of fortune in the universe putting us together because it, it's just we worked out so well together it's just like one of those crazy things where it's like luck where you're just like wow like we're we just mesh and i think a lot of it like maybe it's it was just the perfect matching of diversity in a, in a college setting um, to where everybody had something unique to bring to the table. And so there was always something fresh to talk about, but also get new perspective and everybody was willing to, you know, be open uh, um, and just like talk. So like, I, I, I always reflect on this, but I missed like, we would, we'd work up, we were college kids. So it would be like up at like 2am and like whether, whether or not what we did last night, everybody like come together in our kitchen and just like talk about the deepest topics and it's just such a fascinating thing to just be a part of um so i don't know i think that that really contributed to you know just me having this this mental attitude of just being who i actually am and like doing what i'm meant to do you know just being true to myself and you know there i mean have i had goals in my life that i wanted but weren't necessarily obtainable to my character yes but in this particular case with you know being an artist i i do truly feel like it's something that i will and like can pull off but there's really no way it's not like a success guaranteed success route like a uh, office job career and like finance or accounting or whatnot right um it's something you're essentially creating out of thin air it's like it's being self-made well yeah and if you are following somebody else's formula like that isn't success like you can't just mm -hmm. rinse and repeat like what makes artistry successful is finding your own finding a way to bring your own voice through it and so yeah yeah i i mean i completely agree and so yeah 2019 was essentially the year of figuring out how to do that and having super difficult conversations with your parents. And honestly, it was it was a big it was a big year of like taking on humility to where you I went from you know being in this big wig fraternity lifestyle, kind of social aristocracy at, at a big university, kind of being on top of the world to forfeiting that lifestyle and being you know, sacrificing like social image income um, to pursue this greater good of creating this crazy uh, creative endeavor to give to people. Um, and so, yeah, 2019 was that year of where, you know, you're figuring that out and like figuring out like how to sustain this and how to make it work. And I mean, thankfully, like my, I mean, I've got a pretty, you know, confident nature to like keep my keep my ship steered in the right course. Mm -hmm. but it was extremely difficult because <laughs> I mean, as I mentioned, like having a super uncomfortable conversations with your parents about like they're asking you where you're what you're doing in life, like what's your plan, and sometimes you don't really necessarily have like the concrete answer because you're just you know you're still trying to figure it all out. But you do know you're like I'm doing this 
pursuit because I'm confident I can pull it off. Like, you just got to believe in me. And I mean, I, initially, I, I could say my parents did not believe in me because they don't really know. And, but they recognize that it's all on me. Like, it's, they're not going to be able to help, you know. So I love it. <laughs> no, no, it's not random at all. It's <clears throat> there's actually so much. There's so much meat to what you say. Um, I can relate to my parents over the years. I mean, I too had like a pretty traditional upbringing with, you know, here's the next step, here's the next step, here's the next step. And eventually realized that, you know, I'm a a lot older than you, but I remember, I remember being like, oh, I'm going to quit my six figure job and become a life coach. Like that sounds like the dumbest shit ever. And, (laughs) and it's, what regardless of what the name is it's absolutely my innate gift it's the thing that mm-hmm. i can give back to the world is holding a space for people to be themselves and um i'm still figuring out what my unique niche is within that but i remember in terms mm-hmm. of my parents many times when i was making pivots that they didn't understand i can see now that uh, any hesitation that was in within me when I would share with them would bring out huge triggers in them. And they'd be like, Oh my God, we don't know. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) But the second that I believed in myself, it's like they started believing in me. So it took me being like, it's okay. If you guys are scared, I know that I'm going to be successful at this. It might not be right now, like on paper right now, micro, I might be, you know, not making as much money as I want and having to take on side hustles and like in order to make it work but I swear to you I am going to like I'm going to be successful at this and to be able to say it with such conviction that I actually believe in my heart they now are fully on board and so Mm -hmm. when you were saying that I was like oh my god I can totally relate to that because they basically were just a mirror reflecting back my own belief in myself Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like you don't you don't want to be cocky about it but like, you know, we feel, we feel like we're drawn. I mean, like it's going to happen. Like we're that confident. I, I, we're get this, it. I know, <laughs> you know, it's like the universe is like, put you here to do it. So, you know, and I, I don't, I don't try to be cocky, but like, I mean, in terms of the pursuits that we're mentioning, it's, it's definitely something that might be okay to be that confident about because we certainly are by nature. I would, you know. Yeah, I would never call you cocky at all. <laughs> you have you have a we'll very yeah. <laughs> um, but it is important, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think I wrestled with how do I be such a stand for what my gifts are without being, you know, steamrolling everybody. And so I think I've played with with that same thing of like when does confidence become cockiness? And I'm throwing it in people's faces and um that's actually not the type of confidence that's going to get me to be able to make the type of impact and influence that I want. And so how do I hone that confidence into my craft so that I can make the impact regardless of what anyone else thinks? And that's like a fine line to dance. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. Um, And, you know, I guess touching on the confidence, it's like, certain things with that confidence it definitely falters at times for me i mean we're not i'm not like a a, a 
a sheer perfect person to where like there's times where you're like, wow, like, can you actually pull this off? Like, obviously everybody in the human history has had doubt. I mean, like Kobe Bryant, like there's, there's a big quote going around him, like talking who, you know, based on his recent event that like he'd show up to the gym every day and his feet would hurt and he had self doubt. But instead of, you know, just dwelling on that self doubt, he just hopped on the court, hopped on the board. For me, it's like hop back on the keyboard. Like, there were there are times in the past and still exist where you get that creative block. You're you just have a down day. You don't know if you're gonna pull it off, but you just still work. <laughs> and that's that's the thing is like some people. That's one been one of the hardest lessons for me is that learning to do the things you don't enjoy with it and having to fine tune the the meticulous tasks involved with it because there's always going to be anything you love. There's going to be something that you don't enjoy about it. So, well, and I mean, I too, like, I think it's very human to have moments of doubt. And I love the acknowledgement that the process of acknowledging that there's something in you that wants to be shared and honed and crafted doesn't mean that it's the easiest thing in the world yeah (laughs) it's like i mean same with me like i'll have some days where i am like fuck i am like the best coach that ever existed (laughs) holy shit oh my gosh and then there's other days where i'm like oh what the fuck am i doing like i am terrible this is that was the worst coaching space ever and i know i'm not doing anything detrimental but like you know, that's part of honing the craft and it's a lifelong process. And to enjoy that process, I think is there's something to that too, to enjoy, to learn how to enjoy continuing to hone that craft and continuing to, like you said, like find the minutia that is maybe Mm -hmm. annoying and you're like, come on. But (laughs) to, to be able to realize that through that you're going to be able to hone your craft and so continuing to show up um yeah yeah it's really i love it yeah i like how you like mentioned like trying to find how to enjoy it because initially i'm such a perfectionist type person that when i first was like making my first songs it's like i did not enjoy how they sounded after i after i look back and so at least for me, part of my drive was to keep working at it to find that enjoyment, right? Because you don't want to, I wasn't going to stop because I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I, I wanted to, I want to continue to improve to where I can play a riff and I'm like, man, that stuff slaps, you know, like to where it's, it's complete. It's, it's been worked on, but it, the enjoyment essentially was never initial. I think it's something that you definitely over time, arrive to right because I, at least for me like i i'm i'm so perfectionist which works it works for me and against me like so perfectionist attuned to where i want this song or loop to be as equalized as as best as possible or sound have the best sound theory and its sound and have best structure um so yeah I, I i like how you mentioned that because it's not easy to find and the enjoyment is something right right off the bat but it is very possible if you're willing to you know live live the discipline and put work into it 
Yeah, for sure. There's. Do you follow crime crime by design on Instagram? So another another thing about me is I'm pretty. I'm off of social media. Oh, I'm not a big okay. Not a big social media guy. Yeah, which sometimes sometimes it's like bad, but honestly, it's I think it's probably the right move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. Could, yeah. yeah. Well, so crime by design. Um, actually, did you ever work with Colin? Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. he was there before me. Okay, so yeah. he. Put, t- turn me on to it and there was a quote that they posted on there that I'll f- I gotta find and send to you but it's basically from this really creative person and when I see who it is I told you I'm really really bad with names but, um, <laughs> but he's a very famous like artist and he basically was like as a new artist you just have to like you can't see the value in don't look at the value of your work through like how much it looks like the idea you thought it was going to look at the beginning. Like there's going to be a gap. You're basically, you know what you're capable of doing, but what comes out for the first while is like basically shit. And so then you're like, (laughs) you see the shit and you're like, what the fuck? There's a mismatch here. Like what I know I I can do and what's coming out is there's a big gap. And so don't put the value of your work on what the product looks like stay focused on what you know you can do and keep doing it until the what the output matches what's inside and I was like oh my gosh so when I I was first starting my own journey with life coaching and I was kind of stepping into Lululemon and saying I want to pilot this life coaching program and like I might totally fucking be fail at this um he sent that Colin sent that to me and I was like oh my gosh thank you and I was we were just starting this podcast and like there was a lot of things that I was there was a mismatch for me on the the output to what was what I knew it could be and I was getting very down on myself and so it's such a cool like no one ever really talks about that and it's been something that I've come back to every time I put something out there that I'm like I'm better than this. Like, why? <laughs> I'm so fucking better than this. And then I'm like, okay, the only way you're going to get better is to keep honing it until the outside matches the inside. So just keep going. Just the only yeah. way you can get better is if you keep going. <clears throat> so I'll send that to you because it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I love that. That sounds, that sounds like a really good quote. Um, so you mentioned, like, how your family – is all into music and music for you isn't in an instrument but it's in your mind can you talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit more yeah absolutely so yeah i mean so i let's see i it is frustrating when you tell people like hey i'm a musician and they're like oh what instrument do you play and you're like well i don't really play piano or guitar but I do, my instrument is essentially my mind. And so I'm pretty digital. I mean, everything I make is, it's out of like a computer, right? And some people hate that. Some people love it. Oh, well, that's what I do. It is, what I do is I use, I use a producing software and all my synthesizers, instruments are digital based in the computer to where I can manipulate them, their sounds, change their waveform I can change the attack the start of the wave how it releases the sound I like it because it's it's more of like composing it's like a composition instrument in itself 
versus me playing guitar, piano. Um, so yeah, that when I say my instrument's my mind, that's what I refer to because all of the riffs, all of the structure of the song, the the drums, the, the chord progression, the melody, the sound theory, whatnot, all comes from my own head. And it's it's a big picture type of approach versus playing a riff on a guitar and doing a loop or you know playing a sequence on a piano so do you know who aok is have you ever heard uh, I, I, yes i think so it's uh he's an artist that i'm a huge fan of but that's basically i believe what he does when he produces music and he's been releasing all these tutorials on some of the songs that are pretty well known now and how he he mixed and composed them. So I'm just I have the visual of that as you're describing this, and it's really cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice because music is also a way for me to you know in a sense relax sometimes. At times, obviously, you're stressed about it, but I'm always refining my creative process. So, so previously, I I would just spend time just hammering out hours on one project. But until recently, like, I guess 20, beginning of 2020, I've ad- adopted this new approach to where I shuffle projects, multiple projects. So I'll, I'll work on one project, learn new skills in that project. But after a while, your ear gets fatigued from hearing the same loop over and over and over and over and over and over again. So then if I get tired of it, I'll switch to a new project project that I've either worked on or I'll make something new and then I build more skills out of that and the same thing might happen with that project to where I get ear fatigued but then I could go back to the old project and bring in new insight ideas to that and keep working on that so it's essentially I'm building out multiple projects at the same time versus just hammering out one project at a time or spending like 150 hours straight day after day um yeah, I mean, so, it, yeah, I, I ho- hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it totally yeah. does. It's cool to see inside of the creative process, too, because everyone's process is a little bit different. But sometimes mm-hmm. for me in the creative process, I, I can be very task-oriented. And when that carries into the creative side, I'm like, no, I must finish this one project. So I like the the play of going back and forth and bringing a new set of ears, I guess, in this case, too. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely believe, like, to be the best, uh, you've got to always, you know, adopt, like a new approach and keep experimenting. And in that way, I mean, we've touched on it that there's no set path, but you also want to come into your own and come into your own style. And you, you certainly do have everybody in their own creative, like any creative, uh, path will have an inspiration of sorts and so it's not truly like them just coming out out of the blue creating this riff it's inspired by something but i mean as, as time goes on you adopt those creative processes you start to really come into your own sound and that's thoroughly more enjoyable than you know you're kind of piggybacking off the sound and you're like you want to sound like this guy but you're, you're never going to because it's not you that person is that person so yeah, I mean, that might be another little lesson that I've, you know, still growing for me, but that I'm getting a lot better at is coming really into my own sound and being confident with, you know, my own sound and 
Yeah, I, I, you know, it's neat. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that idea <clears throat> of recognizing that until you find your own legs, you might, mm-hmm. like, walk, like, try walking like somebody else until you're like, oh, okay, I got that. So now now I can kind of step out on my own a little bit more. Um, God, this this showed up for me recently, and I can't, like, connect the dot as to where, but... Um, it's like that idea of just like allowing yourself to be in the shoes of that other person or, um, yeah, just allowing yourself to kind of like, I don't want to say copy cause that makes me feel uncomfortable, but like, you know, follow in those footsteps until you're comfortable <clears throat> enough to be able to swing out a little bit in your own way. And I think a lot of times for me, I used to not take steps to go in the direction that I wanted to because I have such a high level of authentic integrity um, Mm -hmm. that I'd be like, I can't do that because that is not mine. And once I was able to give myself permission to like, okay, well, until you can practice being in that space and like allowing your muscles to get comfortable with it you can't just expect yourself to be I mean maybe in some ways you kind of it just happens but there's a lot of parts of the process that I haven't been I've had to practice through somebody else's way to find my own way and um you know obviously I've giving people credit and sourcing you know credit Mm -hmm. where credit is due has been a huge part in me being able to give myself permission to do it somebody else's way until I'm comfortable enough to swing out. And, um, but it stopped me for a long time because I was like, I'm just a poser. I'm just a fucking, why nobody needs another one of them, but I couldn't get to my way until I allowed myself to get comfortable in like, okay, here's, I don't have to think about every single step because I'm Mm -hmm. comfortable enough with like, here's the path and here's the equipment. Okay. Now I can actually start to play if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. It's like a piggybacking of sorts. Um, you know, I love, I mean, that. I love that. Yeah. I, I kind of, I call it piggybacking <laughs> because I mean, that's what it is. Uh, you're inspired and you don't want to outright copy the person, but you're like using them as training wheels to kind of like refine yourself. But exactly. I, I absolutely think, yeah, I absolutely think that, you are, if you're, you know, if you're confident enough in yourself and you're, you have the ambition to be different, you're going to organically come to a sound that's your own. I mean, even though you're like using it to train, like you're, you're still your own person and you're going to find that organic connection with your own sound or writing or art, you know? So I think it's, I, I find it interesting because being obsessed with music as I am, I'll like, artists I supremely admire I'll like look at their influences and then listen to those guys and you can hear it like you can totally hear their influences and their sound um, but they're not copying them because they've created their own you know their own creative art through those inspirations and they've organically came to their own their own self being the artist who defines them um and yeah I mean I think it's a natural it's it, it's just natural. It's like a natural order that is essential. <laughs> There's nobody, maybe like Joseph Haydn, he's like famously quoted where he like says something along the lines of he like isolated himself and found his own sound. But like, you, you know, that's how, how hard is 
had to do where like you isolate yourself from society and are so apart from everything to where you create something out of the blue. Like that's everybody's has to have inspirations and like everybody has to piggyback. Well, it's just a matter. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and the, the other part of that too, which you actually said earlier and I was like, Oh my God, I love that is, and th- that was another shift for me was recognizing that even if every single human that existed was told to do the exact same things, we would all do it differently because we are different. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so I think that was also an unlock for me. It was like permission that to piggyback, but then also <laughs> the fact that even in your piggyback, no one's going to do it your way. Even just you showing up with the exact same words, even the way mm-hmm. you're going to do it is going to be totally different from somebody else. And so not discounting, um, that soul or that magic that you bring just by being you. Yeah. I'm how I am to me, I would say that your music is in your heart, but that's me forcing my feeling upon you. It's so interesting Mm -hmm. to me that you think it's in your mind. Yeah. For me, it's more of a mind. And I think I'm a pretty visual, like a very visually oriented as well. Um, and so maybe that's why I say that. But I, I mean, I just have, I have a lot of ambition with my music. I have a lot of creative ideas. Like last night I was like, just pondering. I was like, wow, how cool would it be to like, have like an electronic xylophone and like learn how to play that and be able to program it to give like a more like live performance while playing my songs. Cause my songs certainly incorporate um, percussion type instruments like similar to xylophones and marimbas and uh, glockenspiels and stuff like that. So, you know, I, not to get off track, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, so. lives in both, it lives in both places. And I guess more than needing it, needing the music to come from your heart. I just think it's cool mm-hmm. that um, I can often, Okay, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. So in in my line, in my line of work, a lot of people are very comfortable operating from their heads. And so it can be really easy as you start going down the personal development route to be like, I got to get out of my head and into my body and into my heart. And that's absolutely true. But I lately have been like, it's not at the expense of your head. Like it's all one system. And so... It's not that the the head or the mind is a bad thing. It's just we've overused it. The poor thing is tired. And so (laughs) (laughs) and so how do you allow the rest of the system that lives below the neck to become a part of it and support the mind and the mind to support the body? And so um I actually love that you said your music is in your mind because the mind is a beautiful place and when we can allow our full system to be working the mind actually does beautiful stuff. It's incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, we over, we, we over, um, it's not just that we overwork it. We like overutilize it to do absolutely everything for us. It's like expecting, you know, the one person in, in an organization to do absolutely everything perfectly. (laughs) It's like, it's just not, it's just not possible. (laughs) So um, anyways, yeah. Um, Janelle, do you have any questions? Because otherwise I have another one. <laughs> no, go for it. I'm just, I'm processing here. It's kind of, 
funny. I'm listening to you both talk about how passionate you are and how you have this calling. And I'm, I've been really silent just because I'm feeling, I don't know, the, the lack of calling and passion in my life. So I'm just like appreciating everything that you all are sharing while also um, having somewhat of an epiphany that I I think I need to check in with myself a little bit more (laughs) because I'm like, I don't know, no, no stories as of late to connect to that. I think I've had it in the past with wanting, you know, wanting to run a fitness studio and, and doing that. And I think really since then I've just been, um, you know, trying new things and, and seeing what sticks, but I don't know if anything's stuck yet. So I'm, I'm just taking in and enjoying what you all are sharing. Yeah. I mean, I think that your point of view is one that a lot of people are in. And so I appreciate Mm -hmm. you sharing transparently about that because, Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people are, might listen to this and be like, Oh, that's cool for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for our, you. Go fuck yourself. I'm like, oh, you, you've had this passion since you were in high school. I'm like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> you know what? Like, if you would have talked to me at different phases of my life, I for sure was not in this place. And yeah. I'm 37 now. And so you never know when it's going to pop up. But then also right. when I was younger you know when I was in high school dance was my form of everything like Mm -hmm. I didn't use my words I'm very I get complimented on the way I can string thoughts together now but that's not how I used to be I used to love dance because I didn't have to explain anything and I could Mm -hmm. I could do a movement that embodied so much more than a word ever could and and so it's it's interesting that that at different parts of my life, this conversation would have been very different. And there would have been times, Janelle, where I would have been sitting there and been like, fuck, what the fuck am I doing? Because I have been there. Yeah. <laughs> and those were points of it, very big upheaval for me to, to actually have to look myself in the face and go, who the fuck do you want to be and what the fuck do you want to do? And I swear so you don't have to be that mean to yourself. <laughs> but, but truly, like, from a place of love and passion, like, okay, what's really important here? So I appreciate you bringing in that perspective. Yes, I'm definitely yeah, there. And again, you know, I can I can relate to it so much. Like, I've had that passion of, I want to, you know, run a studio. I want to do that. And I think sometimes, especially when you're younger, you have all these things that you want to achieve and you want to do. And then once you've done them, I'm like, oh, shoot, like, I got a lot of years left. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what what do I want to do now that I've accomplished basically all the things I said I wanted to accomplish in high school? So definitely uh, in college, that transitional period of, yes, asking my, getting curious about myself. Yeah, That is the time period we're in right now. (laughs) When I've heard you talk a lot about this podcast in the way that Jack is talking about his music. And I think a lot of times, like I would have been ready to be like, you know, I don't know if this is the thing that we should be doing. And you were such a stand in continuing to keep it going. You've actually been a voice for me at times when I've tried to, when I've seen a mismatch between the output and what's inside. And you've just been like, no, there's, it's there. Keep, let's keep going. And so it's funny that you're like, cause you have been a point of inspiration for me to be able to step into my, you know, 
my artistry, I guess. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love how you mentioned that because I think it's so essential to surround yourself with people that are going to bring you up and encourage you. It's like developing your environment around you to succeed. I think that's imperative with like anything you're trying to accomplish. So I really liked how you mentioned that. Oh my God. I'm so, and I'm in that from like a physical, like the physical environment. So we just had a conversation that we um, had around true north in quarantine. We posted the episode <laughs> yesterday. And one of the things, That's awesome. one of the things we talked about was like, I'm, so now I'm, I do a lot of work from home, but I, I, I'm yeah. feeling being at home a lot more now, obviously. And just how much I am actually not represented within my space and how that impacts my ability to perform, my ability to do what I want to do. And so I've been kind of on this big journey over literally in like the last three weeks of like, okay, I'm going to move in a month to this new apartment and I really want to make sure that I'm represented in my space. And it's up to me to do that. And how do I create an environment that's conducive for me to get up and, you know, make tea and have a meditative, have a meditative corner in a very small space. Like I live, I, you know, I'm, I am a, uh, not a fledgling entrepreneur, but like, I mean, I am still figuring out how to sustain my entrepreneurship. And with that means that I, you know, my boyfriend and I live in a one bedroom apartment and I have to carve out a corner for my, you know, office, quote unquote, and yeah. figure out how to have a separation of life and work within a very small space. Um, and I'm realizing just how important that actually is. Um, it's not just like a dumb, frivolous thing. It's incredibly important for me to be able yeah. to say, here's my meditation corner where I know that I can step into that space, even though it's small and, and I can kind of cross a threshold. And here's another space where, um, I know that I can hunker down and allow my heart to pour out of my chest into my craft. And here's a space where I can relax. And, Mm -hmm. um, here's a space where I can walk in and feel like it's my sanctuary that enables me to be the best version of myself and I've never really played with that before. So, yeah, th- I mean, that's th- that's why I love houseplants <laughs> because it's it's honestly it's not only are they like have the noted health benefits of cleaning the air, like improving mental health, but it's also an embodiment of kind of my musical theme. So I'm attracted to like a lot of sounds that are you know outdoorsy and uh, exotic and tropical in a sense. And so that's why my surrounding environment, I've decorated it to where I'm like living in that environment while making music. I've got plants on the wall. I've got ambient lighting. I've got art on the wall that is reminiscent of tropical environments. I think it's very important to, you know, I mean, if, if not only like have a meditative space, but also just to plan out decor of the room certainly helps me you know, be my, my own self more naturally and be more comfortable and, you know, a little more transparent and be, you know, fully into making something that's my own. Yeah. What plants do you have on walls? You keep saying this and I want to know so, what they are. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, like I, I think like two years ago, 
I bought these little vase jars. They're like little circles. They look like little bubbles. Uh, and at the top, there's like a little hole, and you hang them on hooks on the wall. So I filled them with dirt, and then I bought these uh, these pixie plants at this um, at North Haven Gardens, which unfortunately might be out of business because of the tornadoes right now. Mm. They're rebuilding it, but yeah, I I bought these plants to where you put them. Like they would go in, uh, um, I guess, like live like rep- reptile terrariums. If you're like really trying to make it realistic but they're uh i don't know i don't know the specific names of them I think they're, I they're technically you're... called pixie plants but I think yeah I've well they're seen those hanging things before yeah no they're it's really neat and thankfully my uh my room gets a lot of sunlight mm. so i say how do you keep your plants alive because i keep telling you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think i've probably got a little bit of a green thumb in me from my grandma but uh yeah they they just need light and it's nice because the uh, container in them kind of insulates them from you know uh temperature elements so it's always going to be pretty moist inside the bowl um so yeah they're, they're pretty easy to grow you only water them like once a week Janelle, they just, just, they just need light that's it do you sing to them no but they get plenty of they get plenty of outwardly tunes from my computer <laughs> They're, they're still yeah, alive, thankfully. So, yeah. yeah. Well, see, actually, I think mine are thriving here in my new place. Because I, I also moved about, I don't know, what, two, three weeks ago and bought a palm, Majesty Palm. So That's hilarious. We're living the same life <laughs> over here. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty satisfied with the Majesty I am, too. Palm. I, I had one before and I killed it. So this one oh, I think really? is going to do better. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a little worried that it might be, like, a lot of work, but... Because when I bought it, it was, like, way more condensed. And then as I, like, spread it out, I was like, holy crap. Like, this thing is actually a lot of palm trees. John palm tree game. <laughs> I, I wish that we could hear your, like, your music. Why I was, was going to ask that. It's, no, it's so obnoxious. I mean, I love it. I love how thoughtful you are about it. But I'm always like, yeah. come on, yeah. let me hear Sorry. it. And you're like, No. <laughs> Well, okay, so... Well, is yeah. there any... Is it public anywhere? Yeah, so it is. I have okay. SoundCloud. Um, so I'm actually, right now, since I've been... I mentioned I'm shuffling the projects, I think my plan is to have, like, a three-song type single on Spotify around May. I think that's obtainable. Um, so that's going to be kind of broaching. So this year for 2020, it's more of, like, kind of, re- like revealing myself to the public and like increasing my presence whereas 2019 oh, yes. was more of like a refining year so i'm very yeah. that was very... too for the podcast i know really yeah uh-huh. that's good that makes me feel good about it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i'm a pretty perfectionist person so i'm very i'm very i hold the music very close to me because as we mentioned my old stuff i'm like ah, like that's really not the best, <laughs> but my new stuff, like, I mean, I made a, a like a loop, like a, maybe like a week ago from now, it's maybe got like 17 hours in the project, which is not, not a many compared to like averaging like 175 hours. Um, usually on my projects. So awesome. yeah, we're getting yeah, there. Like you're in flow. Can I ask what your SoundCloud is or yeah. are you not? It's so my name is Andreas, I-N-D-R-I, which the derivative 
it's got a lot of meaning behind it, but it's a it's a lemur in Madagascar. It's a real thing. Um, but I, I mean, I, I love the look of it, and it's got some other meanings. It's injury. It should be if you were to type in I N D R I on SoundCloud, you could find it. I think the like tag is injury life. If you do like soundcloud.com slash injury life, you could find I think it. I found it. I think yeah. I found it. Is there uh, an animal on it? Is that like a no? <laughs> no? Right, it's, okay. it's, my my profile my profile picture I think is uh, my latest songs album okay. cover. It's gonna be pink with it's like a manipulated pink picture that's kind of chopped up um yeah <laughs> i'll find it and we'll cool. link it if you want us yeah. to if you don't yeah. then. no no no. i mean absolutely you can um i mean that's the whole point of being an artist so i always have to share my work <laughs> but uh yeah i mean the plan is this year to definitely reveal myself and be more public about it as in not only putting that more refined public listening domain like spotify but also like starting to play like shows and kind of getting back in that rhythm and kind of like playing my own music for once and like, you know, making sets tailored to, you know, Dallas is filled with, I love Dallas. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely doesn't have, it definitely has a missing character element in terms of the music scene. When you go out to bars, it's like that, it's like the rap, like the basic EDM stuff. And so my ambition is, is to like, really put a, a thumbprint on Dallas and you know go out to a, a small bar probably start of it and play the set where it's very tailored towards you know giving you exotic sound and inciting like these crazy emotions and new sounds that people aren't typically used to hearing so it's exciting it's just it's obviously easier said than done you know than pulling, pulling that off in like the real world <laughs> excited to listen I love it I think don't ever stop being you for many, for many reasons. I will not. <laughs> I know you Thank won't. You. <laughs> okay, so I found that quote. I've been like digging while we've been talking. It's by Ira Glass. Ira Glass. How do you, is it I-R-A? I-R-A. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's I-R-A. Okay. He was, he was, uh, or is an American public radio personality. Oh. So he's the host and producer of the radio and television show, This American Life. On NPR. Okay. So here's the, here it is. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish somebody told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is this gap. For the first couple years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's just not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this pause. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have the special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out or you're still in this space, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. (laughs) Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you'll finish one story. It's only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just got to fight your way through. Yeah, absolutely true. So good, right? (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, So 
you're amazing. Thank you so much for talking with us. I am, this is such a good way to start my day. So thank you for taking <laughs> the time out of your day. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Janelle, do you want to ask our infamous final question? Of course. How do you live your true north in one word? I would say discipline. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. So if people wanted to get in touch with you for any reason, I know you're not on social media. <laughs> What's the best yeah. way for them to do that? Um, honestly, my email. I have two emails. So one's jfgnomes at sbcglobal.net. That's my personal. I'll give it out because, you know, why not? I already have so much <laughs> stuff. I already have so much music stuff attached to it. And it's but, an SBC uh, my, Global email. So. I know. It's been around. It's been around for a while. My newer one, though, that is like a little more specifically uh, musical is it's called Injury Vibes. <laughs> so it's I-N-D-R-I-V-I-B-E-S at gmail.com. And that, I use that for uh, like promotion outreach. Do you think you'll have a website? So, oh, yeah. Point? Okay. Oh, yeah. Definitely the plan. <laughs> well, as you as you do start to put stuff out there, I know you're not on the gram. Is that what people call it now, or IG? Or Probably. <laughs> you might know better than me. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm like such an oldie on there. But um, the more you, we love. That's where our platform um, mostly in, engages with people. And so, mm -hmm. as you start having your stuff out in the world, please share it with us with me and we'll make oh, yeah. sure to put it on there um even if you're not there we can still link to spotify or whatever else and we one of the oh, things awesome. we love doing is being able to keep up with our previous guests and celebrate what they're up to because they're such everybody's such a cool human and um so we'd love to keep sharing as you bring your brand to life oh yeah absolutely i think that I, i'll probably have an instagram for the artist as yeah, well yeah. it's just it's all going to come one day. Totally. You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, that would be great. Amazing. Yeah, we're excited to see it all unfold. Yeah. Thank you so much. And yes, yeah. thank you. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> Definitely um, a great start of the day, for sure. Yeah, I agree. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.